This is Courage Cast. More power, less fear, so you can make a difference. Neil Anderson, my longtime friend in network marketing, welcome to back again to another episode of the Courage Cast. Hey, how are you doing, Eric? Pretty good, pretty good. Love it. I know you're living the life during this uh, coronavirus situation we have here, right? With your family? Well, we were, yeah, we were, we just, uh, you know, we were, we were somewhat prepared. And, and uh, when this thing struck, we said, let's go, you know, live at the lake. And um, I, I personally renovated, uh, you know, a modest uh, lake house. And um, it's, it's been uh, absolutely unreal. I don't know how I'm going to live in Raleigh again. <laughs> well, uh, you're scrappy. That's, that's a name I have for you. That's one of the things I can relate to you. Like we just get things done in a scrappy way. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, sure. it's just, it just needs when you got to get done, you just go remodel, get it done. Now you have a great place for your, for your family, for your kids, your wife and kids. And you guys are, you guys are, uh, enjoying it, making the best of it. You know, what's what's crazy, Eric, is I renovated the majority of it last year. I, um, I got it in a late, you know, two th November, 2018 and, uh, lived up here last spring. Uh, and pretty much, you know, I three, three nights a week, uh, or so. So I was up here four days and had it almost done and had a lot of deck work and things like that to still do. Cause I've, I've got 1100 square foot house and about 2,700 square feet of deck or boathouse. It's unreal. Like there's just mm -hmm. so much. Mm -hmm. Good thing I have three boys to stain. And, you know, little did I know, of course, God knew that, um, you know, because I was like, well, I'll do a little bit here and a little bit there. But we had it to the point where, you know, we were able to move up here mm. and not miss a beat um, and, and do everything else. So, yeah, yeah it was uh, it's amazing. You know, God always knows. We just have to open our eyes. Well, you responded. I mean, that's part of my journey too, man. And that's, that's what, what I talk about on this podcast is when you, when you seek, and again, we don't, none of us do this perfectly. So I'm not putting you, propping you up as this, this perfect guy and either am I, but oh, no. I'm, I'm just trying to seek God first as yeah. best I can and right. try to respond to when he nudges me, try to respond to it. Cause it's such an adventure to live with him that way. Absolutely. And we yeah. can fall prey to the expectations of others and, you know, the committee of they, you know, mm -hmm. what they think. And, and it was very clear, like what we had, it was interesting as we had one of the first five cases in the state of North Carolina. Um, it was, it was a, a parent at our small private school. Mm -hmm. So once they found that out, um, they uh, closed school for a day, you know, disinfected it. And then by Friday they had called off school. And then mm -hmm. that Monday is when public school called off. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it was, um, it was very quick. And I knew right away, it was like, yeah, we're, we're going to the lake. Like, there's no way I'm going to be in a city yeah. uh, with, with this mess. And what's wild is, is we've only had three or four cases up here total in the whole county. Mm -hmm. you know? So it's mm -hmm. been, uh, it's been awesome. All right. Well, um, I am, uh, I'm just going to envy your, your view that you got there and we're going to, we're going to knock some stuff out today for cool. our, for our listeners. I love it. Well, I hope they're all doing awesome, um, as well and making the best of 
the situation. And, and uh, there's two ways to look at this. You know, some people find an excuse, some people find a way. And your Corona uh, experience will be exactly how you make it. Mm. <laughs> oh, you opened up a great topic right there, my friend. Uh, that is exactly right. It's exactly what you make it. Whatever you believe it to be, right? Yeah. Then it, you, you sort of make that happen. Your brain, our brain uh, not to get too scientific here, but our brain is wired to, to support what it believes, to try to find right the answer, yes. uh, try to agree with what we believe. Or what 100%. we think about. I mean, if anybody's read uh, Victor Frankel, um, you know, Man's Search for Meaning, I grabbed mm-hmm. that, that book and, and uh, you know, he mm-hmm. was in a prison camp. So, you know, I, I won't uh, spoil the whole story, but if you can um, make it happen and in your mind and, and, and do that in a prison camp, uh, what we're going through now, and, and, you know, obviously people that have suffered greatly for this, like any other um you know, death or bad thing, you know, obviously we, we, uh, you know, we empathize and everything else, but you know, it's funny. I talked to a couple different types of people. Some people are complaining and they're, you know, they, they've wasted it. And and one thing we told our family in the very beginning is don't waste, you know, your, your, uh, this, this time, you know, we're not quarantined, yeah. right. But, um, you know, don't waste the time, uh, yeah. you know, journal, uh, you know, think of all the things that you've done. You know, we made a list of firsts, you know, that my kids have been able to do, you know, things they're learning how to do, build a deck, you know, learn how to do carpentry, um, you know, just different things that you look back at. Are you going to have this time again um, to be able to do these? Like you said, get your house in order, get all the yard work done, you know, all that. And some people have wasted it and they're going to have to go back to work and they're like, oh my gosh, two months went by, all I did was complain. Yeah. Or I complained or I just watched every Netflix show um, that I could possibly watch. And um, you just have more depression than you did before. Exactly. Uh, Exactly. You're more, more depressed. So, so let's talk about though, you've got, uh, I I don't want to rehash a lot of the things people who've listened to this, this podcast for a long time know about you, but just in a nutshell, tell us, some of your background and why you are an authority on this topic of sharing and salesmanship that we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm happy to do that. Uh, well, like, like anybody else, you know, we we're really good at selling when we're really little, like when we want a cookie or, uh, you know, uh, for me, it was like, you know, staying outside longer. Now my kids are like, I want more iPad time, you know, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, you know, I was, um, uh, I was fortunate to have um, a dad who was a, a senior VP of sales and worked his way up from being a salesperson. Um, so, and he was the ultimate salesperson because it was all about value and everybody loved him. And he had about mm-hmm. 90 or, or more percent market share in his whole territory that he had. And he sold hospital beds. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was, it's amazing watching him and driving. As I write about in the book about, you know, driving through snowstorms, nobody else is working. They're all sitting home complaining. You know, he's building value. And, and, uh, you know, when I was 10 years old, I went door to door to raise money for, uh, the YMCA and, and, you know, for every free throw you shot, you know, you, you they, people donated for every shot. And I ended up making, uh, you had 15 minutes to do it. And I made 149 and, and I won, like I, I and I was only 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I saw the magic of, um, you know, of what could happen. And then I went to, uh, 
<clears throat> I had to pay my own way through school. So I, I sold um, educational books and some software they had with uh, uh, what's now called Southwestern Advantage, which is actually out of Nashville, Tennessee. They're the oldest direct selling company, um, you know, around. And <clears throat> they, um, you know, they, they taught me systems and processes. And, you know, people have told me all, since I started doing that, that if, if you can sell door to door successfully and build value, um, you can do anything. So, um, you know, that I did that. I, I think I've got, you know, 35 or 40,000 doors that I knocked on. Um, I was, I was successful doing it. I did it all the way through law school. Other people, you know, did internships and that, and I ran into a very successful DA and he said, I can teach you everything you need to know in two weeks, go out and do this. Cause you'll never learn this stuff after you get out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, you know, I, I worked, I did corporate, I sold to lawyers, sold to, um, uh, state government, Supreme court uh, of North Carolina. Um, I sold high end real estate, um, you know, clients like Ben Affleck and, you know, um, folks that are looking to get away and not be found. And, um, so, you know, and also high end, um, sleep systems that they use in hospitals. So just all those, um, different ways of doing it one-to-one to one-to-many to to boardrooms. And, uh, you, you learn processes to get a yes, um, quickly and and make them last and have high retention. And then obviously, um, my wife and I having uh, a network marketing, um, business that's, uh, you, you know, met you awesome. you met each other you you both met each other in that southwestern right oh we did yeah yeah a lot you'll find a lot of people did but yeah so i sold for six summers um and my wife uh did for five mm-hmm. so i did it through college and then also law school but um yeah and then you know for the last you know 20 some years i've also been you know coaching some you know some uh very successful vps of sales and and on down to top producers, uh, done consulting, uh, product launches, um, you know, writing scripts, um, you know, that type of thing, which has been cool. And then, you know, one of my favorite things to do is working with people with kind of like midlife crisis, like, you know, what am I here for? What do I want to do? And, you know, I'm, I'm able to really dig down in, in a very short amount of time to figure out, um, sort of the, your DNA and, and, you know, what God has for your, your, your life and get into yeah. the calling. Mm-hmm. And then what's cool about that is, is, you know, not only, um, you know, be able to do that, but then say, okay, here's a track to run on go be successful, creating a product, creating a business. Um, so you can, um, you know, live up at the lake full time if you want, or <laughs> do it, you know, go travel and, and do all those things and not be, um, attached to a job where you work 50 weeks a year and you have two weeks where you kind of can do what you want, but anymore, you know how that works. You have to bring your phone and your emails and do all that stuff. So nobody's really ever on vacation anymore. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Um, you know, the foundation of any business is sales. You've just got to be growing. You've got to be selling. You've got to have that as your foundation. So, And the same goes for our listeners who are um, primarily uh, in network marketing, entrepreneurs, even creatives, creative people who are trying to sell their music or sell their their books. Uh, We're going to get into your book here in a minute, but, you know, it's just necessary, isn't it? Yeah, it's vital. It doesn't matter 
what it is you're doing. And, and, you know, when we were recruiting students to go do this, we were competing against the companies that were coming in, trying to get them to go do an internship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our, our sort of our pitch was, is that, you know, they're looking for your ability to face adversity, uh, your ability to persuade ideas. You know, mm-hmm. if you're a, a doctor, you have to persuade people to take a prescription. If you're in health and wellness, you have to persuade people to not take the prescription, right? And to, to maintain, you know, uh, healthy support systems and all those compliant things we're supposed to say, right? Um, yeah. You know, if you're a parent, you know, you've got to sell your kids on not doing drugs, mm-hmm. right? On sell your kids on, you know, uh, being a good person and and going to school and, and uh, you know, watching their mouth, watching their, t- all these things. And yeah. your, your ability, and I, I write about this, is that, you know, your ability to sell your ideas and persuade people to your way of thinking uh, is, number one, invaluable, but your success will be determined on how well that you, um, that you can do that. I don't care yeah. if you're a counselor, teacher, um, and unfortunately, most people do not know how to do it the right way, and that's why sales has a bad name. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's talk about that. Um, what have you learned about how to do it the right way? Or maybe we all know what the wrong way is because we know how it makes us feel, I guess. But feel free to start wherever you want to. But what's the right way to sell? Well, I believe that it, and I, this is sort of the foundation of the book, but I believe it, it's really six principles that, um, you know, that, that's sort of the, the process, right? Um, so it's not just knowing how to sell. Um, it's not just, um, you know, and I'll go through these, but it's, it's having all of them. And it's very similar uh, to understanding wellness, right? You can't just have good face cream or you can't just have a good vitamin. You know, it takes um, six or seven things. You, know, you have to know how to, you know, eat better and exercise and get rid of toxicity and all those things working together give you the best chance mm-hmm. to have optimum health. And it's the same thing with sales. So, you know, principle one is, is you have to define your vision. What do you want? Why do you want it? You know, what's the difference you can make in other people's lives by doing what you're doing? You know, what is the value behind what you're doing? What, what happens generations down the road because they, they incorporated what you do into their lives, mm. right? Like, what's the vision you see for your summertime? Mm-hmm. You know, like four years ago, I said, well, a long time ago, but four, four years, four summers ago, I was able to take pretty much the summers off and spend it when my kids are out of school. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I know you're able to similar, do the same thing. And, you know, you're, you're building your work schedule, not that you're not doing anything, but you're building it around all those activities. So your kids are like, oh, we're going to go to, you know, friend's house. Well, you know, you pop out two hours of work. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, having that vision so clear that um, and I use the Wright brothers a lot as an analogy. You know, they had a vision of man powered flight because uh, their dad gave them one of those whirly birds. It's like a pencil with a little helicopter thing on the top. And they, they, you know, you rub your hands together, it takes off and flies and they pictured a man powered flight. So they had a vision of people flying, Mm -hmm. right? They had a vision of this and that vision was so strong that nothing could get in the way of it. So you've got to be able to determine your vision. The next thing you have to do is you have to value your time. So you have to dissect every second of your day. You have to write down all of your activities and then figure out how much time you're spending on them. And then take your hourly rate. So you just basically take your income um, and, uh, and you divide it by the number of hours you work. And that's how much you make an hour. Mm-hmm. So you can uh, allocate an hourly rate to every 
uh, a cost to everything you do. You know, we did that for doing laundry and we don't do laundry anymore because it was like 300 a week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So yep. you, 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 you start looking at your time as is this hour that I'm spending going to give me 20 hours down the road. You yeah. multiply your time. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, the, the next thing is, is knowing how to control the controllables. And the only thing you control is your attitude, your schedule, how well you serve people. Um, and uh, there's one other attitude, how well mm-hmm. you serve people, mm-hmm. um, uh, your work habits and uh, what you read, what you and, take and in. Exactly. Yeah. And your, your mindset. So mm-hmm. you, um, those are things you can control. So, as a salesperson, if you're putting your self-esteem in your, your production and you're not selling, guess what happens? Yeah, there's pressure. Exactly. Yeah, and you're only happy when you're selling and you're miserable when you're not. Well, you know, exactly. if you're in sales, the majority of the time you're not selling, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're always making sales, you're not working hard enough. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so what happens is, is, is if you define uh, you know, your, your success – as controlling the controllables, you know, I controlled my attitude. I controlled how well I serve people. I controlled my work habits. I controlled my schedule. Mm-hmm, okay? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, if you do that, you're successful every time. Yeah. Because then you're saying my job is not to sell people. My job is to make a list and cross them off the list. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if mm-hmm. I went and did the activity to cross them off the list, I won. You did. That's you it. Did. Okay? So I yeah. might, my self-esteem doesn't go up and down. And that's what people don't like about salespeople. There's many, but that's one of them is, you know, when you're selling, hey, you're excited, but when you're not, and then you start getting commission breath and, you know, your, your, your <laughs> mind is breathing on you and they're like, you know, hey, what'd you sell this week? And, you know, hey, are you going to get my power of this and my bonus? Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. and it just, you, you lose it. So then you're a sneaky salesperson. Yeah. Um, the next thing you have to do is you have to learn how people buy and why they don't, mm. right? You have to understand that people love to buy things but they don't like being told what to do. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's why mm-hmm. being persuasive and pleasantly persistent and creating a need, anybody can sell something to somebody who's in the market. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you can create the need, um, and I don't mean that in a manipulative way, I'm just saying, Eric, have you ever gotten to the point where you're frustrated because you have all these weekends to do stuff and you know, you feel like you're sitting at home all the time. Yeah. You're like, yes. And I say, mm-hmm. you know, have you ever, um, thought about, you know, maybe going away for a weekend or two or even more. Yes. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. What, um, if, if I could show you a way where it didn't cost that much money and you could actually have a second home and have it mostly paid for by renting it when you're not there, is that something you want to hear about? Absolutely. Yes. Right. See, I just created a need you never even were thinking about before I talked to you. Nope. See nope. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it works well with kids too. Okay. So you've got to understand how people buy, right? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and realize that, that people buy emotion, right? So they don't buy the lake house. They buy your kids are, you know, X age. Mm-hmm. And would it be cool if you had a place for all of their friends to be able to come up to? Wouldn't it be great to practice retirement 20 or 30 years before you're going to go ahead and retire? Yeah. Right. So that way, when you retire, you already have, you know, decade, a decade of friendships. Right. Right. So yep. what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to sell you a second home. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. When I sold real estate, that, that was kind of the thing. People were like, well, you know, we're not really ready yet. And it's like, well, you know, have you ever thought about, you know, what happens when you do retire and then you have to go pick a place and then, you know, maybe you build the house or you buy it 
and you go there and you knew the new people. Mm-hmm. Well, what yeah. if you weren't the new people anymore? Mm-hmm. Right. And you yeah. can enjoy it when you're still, you know, vibrant and you have your health and do all those things. Um, yeah. So but your job is not to convince them of that. No. All your job is, right, is to ask the question. Absolutely. And to create the need. Yep. Whether they what they do with that, you cannot control that. That's no. that's part of the controlling the controllables. No, but here's the cool thing, Eric, is when I have defined my vision, mine, I'm managing my time, so I'm on schedule. Mm-hmm. I control the controllables, right? I have a great schedule, great attitude, great work habits, and I'm gonna leave you in a better mood than I found you. Mm-hmm. right? I understand how you buy and it has to be all about you, mm-hmm. right? Not to the point where you're taking advantage of me, but it's all about you. Mm-hmm. And I master the sales fundamentals. Guess what happens? The rest, it's the recipe for success and more yeses. And people want to do business with you. Yes. Because of what you're doing, you have a clear vision. And then what ends up happening is, is I've already pictured you guys having this lake house. Now I'm not selling you a lake house. You may go buy one now because of this, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm, I'm so I've already pictured your family doing the types of things. And if you're in network marketing, you should be, uh, instead of, you know, if, unless you're in real estate, but you should be taking the product you sell or the service you sell and picturing the people that you're talking to already enjoying it like you do. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're so convicted that they're going to get so much value out of it that you're not being high pressure. Nope. Right. Nope. You're convinced that it's the best thing for them. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, so, so in that sales cycle that you have to learn and every product or service has a sales cycle, right? You have to be able to connect with people, right? You have to contact them. Sometimes mm-hmm. you might share a sample or, or something like that. You've got to invite them to a presentation where they learn about the value proposition you know, you can't just go right into the product. You've got to set the stage to create the need, to eliminate distractions, um, to, to uh, set up the, the buying environment where they, they know that it's okay if they, you know, if they, if they say no, like you're not going to leave them in a bad mood. Um, you, you have to educate them, right? That's mm-hmm. sort of the dog and pony show. Um, you have to close, right? Get a decision to move forward or not. Um, and, and then, you know, actually sign them up, right? Whatever that is. And sometimes people get lost in the paperwork right? Mm-hmm. And they yeah. lose a sale because then people get buyer's remorse. Um, you've got to get referrals and then you have to follow up, follow up people that purchased and follow up the people that did not and know exactly why they didn't. Mm-hmm. And then principle six is, is, is knowing how to resolve customer challenges and also builder mm-hmm. challenges. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So when you understand how to do all of those, right? What's cool about network marketing, direct sales, um, you know, is that you know, there's not a lot of management. And if you're finding yourself doing a lot of management, this is not what we do. This is not. If you find yourself doing a lot of management, you're probably doing it wrong. You are because Mm -hmm. everybody is supposed to be a player manager. You know, we were selling the books. um, They, uh, you know, everybody went out and worked the same, you know, same amount. It was just when we got home after working 14 hours a day, then we were on the phone taking work stats and, you know, doing some quick, you know, you know, seven or eight minute coaching calls with people. Um, and then, you know, going to bed, but we weren't sitting there all day long, like managing stuff. And if you find yourself doing that, you're not duplicating. What do you mean by that managing? Explain that a little bit more. So what, what you'll do, they'll run reports. They'll, uh, they'll post stuff all over Facebook. They'll, uh, they're they're, this way. The easiest thing is they're not doing the job, Mm -hmm. right? They're not finding, teaching, enrolling, 
um, yeah. following up, finding out if they want to do what you do from a business standpoint, and then right. teaching new people how to do the business by having them follow you. They're not following the sales cycle. That's right. that fundamentals of the sales cycle, right? right. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. in, in our business, right, our job is to educate and motivate people, you know, find people to educate and motivate people to buy, you know, the enrollment kit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. The second step is, is we, we teach them how, you know, we, we do another short meeting to teach them how to use what they got, mm-hmm. right? How to order more, mm-hmm. how to continue to use the products on a daily basis. Or if you have one that's not daily, monthly, whichever, you probably have a subscription, you know, a, 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 right. a monthly order, show them how to use that. And at the end of that, you do a very soft approach where you're saying there's three types, there's three ways that people work with us. First way mm-hmm. is they're avid product users. They love being connected to the Facebook groups, maybe going to conventions, local trainings. Mm-hmm. The second group, you know, wants to make some extra money, maybe some mm-hmm. fun money or some, you know, for summer camps or, you know, pay for Christmas or, you know, whatever. And the third group, um, says, gosh, Neil, if you can do this, anybody can, like, I'd like to do this as, you know, as, 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 as a, as a job, right. As as a business, I like to build a business from home Mm -hmm. so I can be at home and not have to check in at work. And then you simply ask which one of those three ways is the best way for me to serve you. And they sort of self select themselves. Mm -hmm. That's our business. And I bet you those listening, that's your business. And if you're not doing Mm -hmm. those four things, you're not really doing the job. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And that's being in sales as long as I have and coached, I mean, tens of thousands of hours of coaching salespeople from New York Life to Northwestern Mutual to even Microsoft, Apple, I mean, all over the place, right? People have sold alarm systems, door, you know, all sorts of stuff. Um, The the biggest thing salespeople end up spending their their time on is non-sales activities. So that's management. Yeah. And, they, well, and some of it is because the systems the company has mm-hmm. are horrible, right? Yeah. I remember when I was selling the legal stuff, like the database we use, it was incredibly hard to find out what these lawyers had because most mm-hmm. of the lawyers were customers and we needed to find out what they already had from, because we had a ton of products so we could go upsell them more, right? I mean, it's normal, right? Buy more from, you know, from what we have, just like Whole Foods. You might buy your, your milk and your vegetables, but once you find out all this other stuff they have, well, gosh, buy it from one place. Well, if you can't figure out what the customer has, it's hard. But um, so many times when, you know, when we all get back to normal, go into a Starbucks or a coffee shop or something like that, and you'll, you'll notice all the salespeople. Well, they're not making money sitting there. They should be doing that at home at night on the weekends. Right. right. Yep. Not during prime time. No, but- you're exactly right. One of my favorite, my, my mentor who was a salesperson, he would spend all of his nighttime. He'd be watching college football. Yep. He'd have like his favorite stuff on sports wise to watch on TV. And that's when he would pay all of his bills. He would do all of his administrative stuff at night, yep. but his prime time and he, he would sell, he was the leading salesperson no matter where he was. He was a pain in the butt though. Yeah, he was a pain in the butt to deal with, but he was a great salesperson because he did these things that you were talking about. He wasn't a pain in the butt to the people, right? He he was a pain in the butt to work next to because, (laughs) and that can be the case sometimes. But to the people he worked with, they loved him because he sold well. Yeah. Yes, and and when you are dedicated to focusing on your schedule and serving people and having a good attitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you're a lot more friendly to be around Mm -hmm. because if you're not doing that, the focus is on you. And so many people sell with, um, with this guilt because they know they should be working. They know they should be on schedule and they're not. Yeah. So then they have this inner voice talking to them going, you should be working. You should be working. And then they're like, Oh, I'll make those calls in two hours. You know, I got to go make another pot of coffee or I got to drive down to, you know, run errands. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Go run some errands. And, 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 you know, in the schedule part of the book, I say, you know, block out the time when you're going to make your prospecting calls because most of the business Mm -hmm. people don't mind doing. It's yeah. the prospecting and the following up they don't want to do. So yeah. put it on your schedule and then just do it during that time. When it's over, it's over. Put yeah. the phone down. Right. right. You've co- you controlled the controllables. Um, listen, Neil, um, tell us the name of the book and where they can find it real quick. And then I have one final thing yeah. I want to talk about with you. Yeah. Um, it's, it's being the starfish for network marketing. This is kind of a long title, right? And it's six principles for shattering the network marketing stereotype and serving your way to success. Okay. So there's the book. And then I can send you a link uh, to the audio version. Um, it's not on Audible, but I did it on uh, on a Vimeo on demand. So mm-hmm. there is a way to get that. I can send you um, the link for that. And you can okay. So w- listeners, if you're listening, go into the show notes. There'll be a link to the book, and there'll be a link to the audio of this of being the starfish. So yeah, it's uh, kind of a workbook too. So I've had people. Um, you know, really enjoy the book. If you're somebody like I just will not buy a book, um, you know, the audio is there and the audio is, is really good. I, I, I had to be talked into it. Eric was one of them. Uh-huh. Uh, and I it wasn't took convinced. me two years. Yeah, I know. I wasn't convinced just because, you know, I, I like to underline and, you know, there are some, you know, some questions that you answer and all that. But once I heard it, I was like, I, I totally get it now. So yeah. uh, anyway. I just grew up listening to audiobooks um, on the go. It's just great. It's, it just reinforces uh, maybe what I'm reading. So those you heard them on eight track though, right, Eric? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very funny. I'm not as old as you. I know. Um, but listen, hey. So I want to focus on this last part. We didn't really talk yeah. about this, but how knowing what are the what are the biggest challenges? I know you, there's certain categories. There's time, there's money. Like what are the top three challenges that you run into that will run into in network marketing? And what are some proven ways to overcome them? Okay. So I'm going to give you uh, sort of the seven step formula really fast. Okay? okay. Because you can, number one, this is what your people all need to learn. Mm-hmm. And then, um, this is also, if you have somebody who's not, who's stuck or you're like, hey, they sh- they're so much, they're talented. Like where is the stick point, right? Where mm-hmm. are they stuck? Mm-hmm. Um, you can look at one of these seven things and it'll be one or more of these, right? Okay. So uh, in the seven, the first thing is, is you have to be convicted in network marketing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Pretty simple. Like, do you believe it? Do you have a crazy uncle Charlie who did Amway 40 years ago? And they're like in your ear, like this is a scam, like all that. Like you have to be convicted that doing, being a business owner where you are serving customers uh, and then you get paid based on the customers uh, that they serve and that they serve and all that and realizing that, you know, you don't just sign people up and go away. It, it doesn't work that way, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you trust network marketing. I can't imagine people that don't do it, mm-hmm. right? Like it's, it's unreal. Like most people are doing it, they just don't get paid for it, right? Like we yeah. work for a movie. The second thing is, are you convicted in your company, mm-hmm. right? Are you convicted in the, in the owners? Um, are you convicted that they do what they say they're going to do? Are you convicted in the culture and the direction? Right. And then obviously the products. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The next thing is 
um, do you have, are you convicted in the vision you have? If mm-hmm. not, your own then, personal vision. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Just what is the vision around your faith, your family, your, your finances, your friends, um, you know, those types of things. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is, is, um, uh, are you convicted that you have the best time management, like mm. time and it's similar to the book here in this last part, but are you convicted in that? All right. Mm-hmm. Cause mm-hmm. every issue in network marketing will come under these, one of these seven things. Okay. That's it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you can avoid all the overwhelm and just pick one of these. Right. So as I go through these last ones, you should be thinking about people in your organization and go, Holy cow. Yeah. I think maybe they are stuck on it. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, 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 um, do you have, the correct selling skills. Okay. Are you comfortable with it? Can you go through your whole presentation and have a, you know, 60 to 80% close rate? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, are you, um, so that's the selling skills. And then do you have, um, leading skills, mm. right? Leadership skills in what we do is nothing more than doing the job and then seeing a vision for other people to enjoy it like you are and have the freedom and all that, and just show them how to do what you do. Mm-hmm. that's it. It's not fancy stuff. You don't have to listen to a whole bunch of books and tapes and do all that stuff. Right. If you know how to do the job and you know how to do those six things that I talked about, just teach them that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, uh, the, the, the other part, and, and this is, uh, sort of where it narrows it down and it'll catch everybody is, um, are you personally, and then think about these other people, are they convicted? Right. And are they committed? Mm-hmm. Are they committed? one of the biggest things I see is people are doing this like they do a regular job where mm-hmm. they're not all in mm-hmm. and they've got one foot out. Um, they're, they're skeptical on some of the previous ones I talked about and they're not committed. And when you're mm-hmm. committed, it, it'll work. Now, some people it's going to be six months or a year or four years or 10 years. It was interesting. I'm on this like big network marketing page and it was so cool to see somebody that hit like a diamond type rank, you know, probably 10,000 a month or 15,000 a month in income. And it took them 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I hear that. And I'm like, yes, right. Like that's so awesome. Cause they didn't quit. They, you know, they served people. They realized that, you know, they're, 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 they're living their life. They're doing it. Um, you know, they're duplicating, they're doing everything they should be doing. And it may take a little bit more time. And the mm-hmm. thing that I, I dislike the most is when I see people like, oh, I hit this rank in six months, mm-hmm. you know, and they have a tension rate of like 4%, right? Right. right. So, um, you know, wherever you are, you can do this and realize that everything that happens to you in network marketing and in sales in general is nothing more than training. So you can overcome that because you are going to have people that you need to teach that to. and the fact you went through it gives you credibility and also the passion and the conviction to help them through it. So they don't quit. Yeah. So don't look at it as a bad thing. Look at it as like sweet. You know, we used to call it like we eat problems for breakfast. Like, you know, we call them resume days when, you know, I've had many days where I didn't sell anything like door to door and it would be like oh, tomorrow's going to, we're going to crush it. Right. Well, when I had people following me, like shadowing me and I'd have a zero day and they saw my attitude for 14 hours, be perfect. Like they, you would think they want to see me sell a lot, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's not what they needed. They needed to see an attitude when you're not and you're still serving people and doing everything else. So you go through those seven things and if you can dissect where it's going to be with you and then 
make sure that you can cross off the list of all of those things, you're going to crush it and make sure all of your team members are, are, are crushing it, crushing like it through those things. Cause there's so many systems and so many ways to do stuff. And you know, you, if you want to put your finger on the, on the dashboard and, and the pulse of your team and, and yourself, that's the issue. I mean, if I have anybody that's stuck or anything else, I'll just simply say on a scale of one to 10, where are you at with network marketing? Like, mm-hmm. do you have anybody in your life that's, talking about it in a bad way yeah. right? and dig yeah. down, get those layers of the onion. You may find out that it's only a couple things and you tweak that and they're like crushing it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. There you have it. I love it. So that's kind of the, that's the builder challenges, like dealing, dealing with yourself, leading yourself and leading, leading others. Those are some of the things that you're, you're commonly going to see. What about like just the, just the general customer things, like as you're out and about selling door to door, let's say you make the presentation, you make the close, but they give you an objection. What are some of the top objections that you, uh, do they all basically, can they all be resolved with the same formula is basically what I'm saying. Well, you know, you've heard me say this before. um, But you know, a a very simple answer to every objection is, is that's exactly why everybody's doing it. Explain that. Well, so if somebody was like, yeah, you know, this costs a lot of money. I'm like, this is exactly why everybody's getting it. Right. Mm-hmm. So many times an objection is just their fear of making a decision mm-hmm. or it could be an excuse as well, but you also didn't connect the dots emotionally. Mm-hmm. So you got them. So typically your, your objections are price um, product, you know, the, the status quo, they may use a competitor um, this, the uh, procrastination and the spouse. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I would argue that in, in network marketing, the majority of the decisions are made by women. I mean, yeah. women make 85% of all buying decisions anyway. Right, right. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, not that you don't sell to men and not that men can't do that, but, you know, that's the majority of what happens. So a cool thing that you can do is, is cover the objections up front. So mm-hmm. in your presentation, right, you should be covering those objections that you're going to get. So, for instance, something that I'll say is I'll say, Eric, why do you think well, I would say this to your wife, right? I say, Chrissy, why do you think that, um, doTERRA is something that all the men use now? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Why do you feel so many hospitals are excited about using this now? Mm-hmm. Right? Why do you feel so many people are going to, you know, uh, Lake Okeechobee, you know, uh, to buy a summer house? Like, because the answer they give will be the reason that they want to buy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you want to build that in. So if you if you get price objections, then that's one of the object one of the, the reasons that people are buying your product. You know, one of the biggest reasons people are getting this is because it's something everybody can afford. We have college kids that buy this stuff. Mm-hmm. So now you see that and you're like, oh, college kids can buy it. I can totally afford it. And you're not going to give me an objection because if a college kid can afford it and you can't, that doesn't look very good for you. Especially right. you're not going to admit it to me, right? Right. Um you know, the spouse objection, again, I, I sort of covered that, but if you get it, I basically just, you know, say, I totally get it. I don't use feel felt found cause it's just, it's insincere in a way. Yeah. Um, but I, I use more like, you know, I, I totally get it. And, um, you know, I've had that come up, you know, a few times and I know one mom told me that, you know, she was a little hesitant and then she thought about it and she's like, well, this is really my area. You know, this mm-hmm. is kind of my department and, you know, his department is, you know, the grass and the trucks and all that. Like if he comes home from work and blows a tire, we don't have a prayer meeting about it. He just goes and buys a tire. 
Right. Uh, you know, when I'm standing in, you know, in the checkout line at Target or Walmart or the grocery store, like, you know, we don't sit there and, you know, have a meeting. Now I understand some people going through Dave Ramsey and that, you know, they're, 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 they're doing that whole thing. And, and, you know, they have cell phones connected. And every time you spend a nickel, you go, oh, he bought a pack of gum or something It you know, alerts the whole family. Right. <laughs> I'm not saying that. Yeah. I'm saying the majority of what happens you know, they're, they're spending, you know, my wife goes to Costco and I'll spend 900 bucks. She doesn't call me. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. cut that in half. I mean, you know, if you have a family of three or four, your grocery bill might be three, $400. Right. So for, for your product, you have to have the conviction that it is not something that is an extra. It's mm-hmm. a necessity, right? Yeah. Like it's something like food, shelter, water, like it's something that you need to have around the house. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's and and, and the, if you go blank, the best answer, especially when building, right? Well, I wouldn't have enough time to build. I don't know. I'm not much of a salesperson. That's why everybody's doing it. Like if you tell me you're not a salesperson, you qualify. Right. Right. So I'm not out looking for greasy, you know, salespeople. Yeah. I'm looking for the person that doesn't like salespeople. See, I'd rather go after the the 97 percent of people that don't like network marketing rather than go after the three percent that do. Yeah. No, that's a great way to turn it around as well and just be and, and agree with them. You know, well, that's exactly the, that's exactly why I like you <laughs> because right. you don't feel that way. Exactly. Yep. You know, uh, and you can say that sincerely because yeah. I, I'm not looking for people that, <clears throat> that are the um, <clears throat> trained in the old school ways of network no. marketing. Yeah. No, yeah. no. And, and I, I truly believe that, you know, if you follow this process, um, you will have fulfillment not only in the network marketing, but it transfers into your life, you know, your personal life, your spiritual life. Um, you know, we, we really designed this around how Jesus sold and, and whether you're a follower of Jesus or not. I mean, our, uh, it's, it's, you know, sort of indisputable that, you know, those principles are pretty solid, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what he did, you know, for those that have eyes to see and ears to hear and an engaged heart, mm-hmm. Right. Uh, we're not trying to talk anybody into anything, you know, knock in the, in the door, you know, shall open. You've got to show some effort, right? Mm-hmm. You've got to be able to, you know, to, to sow the seed, you know, in the, in this edition um, of the starfish book, you know, I start right off with the parable of the sower, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and you got to realize some are going to get it. Some aren't going to get it. It's okay. You love them anyway. And if, if you truly believe in what you're doing and you, you have a really good product or you have a really good service, um, it may be no now, but they'll, they'll eventually buy from you. That's right. That's right. And you just got to follow that sales cycle process, the, the fundamentals again, and keep, keep yeah. working on it yourself. And it's a, it is a process. The whole thing is just a process. Nobody, nobody gets it right uh, from the very beginning, um, except Jesus. <laughs> so, yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, we can be okay with figuring it out. And this podcast, the reason people listen to this podcast is because of that. And I think this book uh, and the, and the audio book, especially being the starfish for network marketers, you yep. got to get it. I'll put the notes in the show link in the show, show notes. I'll put the link in the show notes and uh, you guys need to get this. It's just got to, got to be on repeat for yourself. Reread the book, use the book as a, as a way to just kind of keep taking notes. My book, my personal book I have here, I am, I'm just, I got them, I got it full. It's kind of thicker, twice as thick as it originally was because it's full of ink. Nice. <laughs> so you just got to do that. And I love it. Keep doing it. 
So, Neil, thank you, man, for uh, for taking some time away from your your family um, there on the lake house to join yeah, us, absolutely, and share this with us. I hope um, everyone picks up the book. Everyone picks up the audio book. Uh, any final words, Neil, for us before we uh, before we finish? Well, I, the only thing I'll say is, um, you know, we're we're uh, in May here, and you know, I know this podcast will be timeless because you've got a, a library of I don't know where you're at now, five hundred or four hundred or whatever. Uh, four about five hundred episodes. Five hundred mm-hmm. episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, so you know, we're, we're dating ourselves here. It's what the fifteenth or so of of May two thousand twenty. Uh, so we, we've got another month, and I know people are in sort of a shutdown mode or starting to open up, but use this time. Uh, to plan so you can have some time in the summer and finish out this year really, really strong. Um, Figure out your vision. If you're not doing what you want to do, you deserve it and you should go ahead and do it. Yeah. Um, It's that's all I can say is, is, you know, life is, is, is what you put into it and, and go for it and find some people around that are not the naysayers, but ones that go, you know what, that inspires me that you want to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, some people don't like change. And if, if, if people don't like change, you don't need to be around them. Yeah. Teach us to number our days. That's it. Scripture we says know. we don't know how, when, when we're going to go. And this summer it's one of, uh, you know, if you're it's lucky, eight, eight summers that you get, but you only get 18 summers with your kids. Yes, sir. And I don't know what number summer, but I, I've got a, a daughter who's on her 11th summer. And I've yep. got boys that are on their 20th and 18th summer. And wow. um, when I think of it that way, yep. I, I really want to make the most of whatever season I'm in. So Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you, Eric. And uh, excited uh, to go back into the archives and, and listen to some more. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll do a whole Neil Anderson season. No, I was talking about doing like all these other ones. You've, you've got some great... Um, great people that that come on here and oh yeah dude Eldridge yeah. and a lot of different mm-hmm. folks so yeah you know because yeah, the funny thing is like there's no sports there's no you know all this like go listen to the podcast go back and you know hit the reruns of it <laughs> you know that's right out and get fired up because uh we're getting ready to crank it uh it's gonna be awesome yeah and, uh, neil anderson thanks for being another guest another episode of the courage cast appreciate you my friend thank you have an awesome day Hey, thanks for listening to the Courage Cast today. Please join us in the Courageous Community at CourageousCommunity.com. Also, if you enjoy this podcast, please write a quick rating and review. 